Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mindful Manager Podcast, a place where we talk about mindfulness and emotional intelligence and how these things can elevate and optimize our performance at work and bring true pleasure and happiness to the rest of our lives as well, uh, including work, that is. And so today, uh, happiness is exactly what I want to talk about. Now, I've talked here before about how mindfulness is a great way to find uh, your natural state of happiness or, or even to elevate your natural state of el- of happiness. Now, um, we all have a, a sort of default state or a baseline of happiness, and uh, and again, mindfulness with with presence, non judging, and the ability to let go of our expectations and desires and accept reality as being reality. Uh, we can then elevate this baseline of happiness that we have. So, um, so today I want to go back to our old friends over at uh, Google and the Search Inside Yourself. Program um, and a story that uh, that Mang Tan in his wonderful book about that program uh, tells about Tony Shea. Now Tony Shea is uh, his last name is spelled H S E. Uh, I'm sorry H S I E H, um, but it's pronounced Shea. <laughs> um, I've written it in my notes here several times, so I don't mistake that. But uh, but Tony Shea is the uh, is the CEO of Zappos. Um, now Zappos is a company in 2012 when this book was written, um, was at a billion dollars in sales. Okay. A billion dollars worth of shoes. Okay. Um, so, uh, as, uh, but however, as Ming Tan points out, um, it's not the numbers that are so impressive, uh, but, but it's the way that Tony Shea uses happiness as a motivating factor in the corporate setting. Okay. Um, he calls it, uh, Delivering happiness, and uh, and he actually wrote a book by that same title. Um, now his philosophy is that by creating a corporate environment which that is focused on the happiness of his employees, uh, he knows that his employees will then deliver the absolute top best possible uh, service to his customers, and will inevitably find success. Now, <laughs> I guess in this context, the the one billion uh, in annual sales seems even more impressive. Uh, now, now in full disclosure, I haven't actually read his book yet, but but it's actually just now this morning at the top of my uh, list, and I hope to go pick it up today at my local bookstore. Um, but again, uh, thanks to Meng Tan, I can tell you that Tony, uh, Tony Shea uh, identifies three types of happiness in this book, okay? Uh, the first is pleasure, the second is passion, and the third is higher purpose. Now, on Friday, I did a whole episode about aligning ourselves to a higher purpose uh, for satisfaction and motivation, um, you know, in our work and not to mention the avoidance of burnout. Now, all three of those things come right through the uh, the attachment of or the alignment of ourselves uh, to a higher purpose. Okay. And, uh, and I want to, I want to go into in a few moments I'm going to get into more of of what that all means here okay but but first I'd like to discuss the uh the other two types of happiness that uh that Mr. Shea talks about um pleasure 
is is pretty much what it sounds like, right? Uh, it's all about sort of this hedonistic happiness, right? It's about chasing the things that bring us happiness, right? Chasing that next high, if you will. Um, Meng Tan actually calls this rock star happiness, as it uh, as it kind of requires us to live like a rock star to maintain this happiness, right? Um, you know, we're not all able in our lives to abandon our daily commitments and obligations to chase pleasure, right? <laughs> you know, especially those of us who have spouses and or families, you know, um, and, and so, and so that's, you know, that's not something we're able to do because we're not all rock stars, right? And so, um, so the next type of happiness that Mr. Shea talks about is passion. Uh, passion in this context is synonymous with flow, okay? Like the flow state. Now, uh, flow is this state where our absolute peak level of performance meets our absolute peak level of engagement and we are able to do things at a super high level of success with what seems like a minimal effort, right? It's just like where everything lines up, like all your skills, you know, the, the thing that you're trying to do is matched precisely with your skills, so therefore you're just like flying along, right? Um, you know, during the happiness of this flow, state, <laughs> um, uh, you know, time goes by quickly and, you know, because we feel no resistance to it, right? It's like, it's like, you know, that's what they say, like time flies when you're having fun, right? Like when you're in this flow state and you're feeling that happiness from it, you know, it seems like time just, just, you know, just kind of flies by, right? However, it's it's kind of ironic that flow, um, as described by world-class athletes like Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, you know, plenty of athletes have described this, is where actually time seems to slow down, but that's because it's in the favor, right? So so a lot of pro athletes, again, from, from Wayne Gretzky to Michael uh, Jordan to several football players, I remember uh, the running back Barry Sanders talking about this at one time and I'm sure that if you did some research you would find over and over and over cases where where you know top level world class athletes talk about this this sense of of times just everything slowing down right everything on the ice or the field or the court seem to move in a slow motion so that they are able to see the play unfold and kind of you know have an easier way of staying ahead of it this is how people like you know like Wayne Gretzky tell you know say that like that's how he knew where to be. He knew where the ice was going to be open, and he knew that if he got to that place, the puck would find him, and the puck would then find the net. You know, and that's and that's kind of how it how it works. So, um, and this state, like when you can tap into this state, it is just amazing. Like it's like it's like nothing else. You know, and in fact, you know, by the way, you know, meditation is an excellent way to achieve a state of flow. Now, I'm going to share more on that in an episode later this week. I promise. Right. Uh, but but right now I want to keep on on the topic of happiness. I get really carried away with the flow state because it it really is amazing. And when you can live your life in the flow state, that's when things just, you know, just like Wayne Gretzky or, or other world class athletes describe, things just seem easier. It seems like you're able to just stay ahead of things and and you are able to just rock the world, in, you know, without without much effort, you know. So but again, we'll get into that later. OK, um, but but this. Um, so. 
so getting back to our, our list of happiness by uh, Mr. Shea, uh, the last type of happiness that Mr. Shea talks about is higher purpose. Now, as you know, I talk a lot about this because it is truly intrinsic to happiness at work. You know, again, I've done two full episodes just on finding higher purpose in, in your work. So it's I hope that you take that as a, as a sign that this is really, really, really important. All right. Um, now, before I go into, um, you know, well, I'm sorry, to, to define the higher purpose, in case you all missed it in any of the other two um, two episodes I did, higher purpose is about, you know, in the context of work, is, is about being part of something bigger than yourself that has meaning to you, okay? Now, before I get into why higher purpose is perhaps the most effective and even the most important of these types of happiness, you know, especially when it comes to work, uh, I want to talk about what is known as as this default baseline of happiness, okay? Now, I've heard this also referred to as uh, as hedonistic adjustments, okay? And, and I, fi- I find it very fascinating. I hope you're going to as well. So, Basically, what this default point of happiness is, is the um, is the sort of general level of happiness that we have in our lives. Okay, so if nothing's making us, if there's no event in our life that is making us either happy or, or unhappy, that this is the level that ha- of happiness that we just generally feel in our lives, right? Um, and this, po- this is the point that we return to after an event in our lives, you know, suddenly increases or decreases our happiness, right? Right now, now examples of, of an event in our life that can decrease or 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 uh, increase our happiness um, in you know in a sudden way uh, can be things like the purchase of the latest iPhone, right? Or or you know f- even like you know meeting and falling in love with someone new, right? And um, and and it's it's also seen in huge life changing events, right? Like like this default you know, baseline of happiness, um, is, is really like even the most dramatic things that can happen in our lives, you know, are all susceptible to the return to this baseline that I'm talking about now. Now, this is not to say that falling in love is not a, is not a huge life changing event, you know, but, but a lot of times, you know, when we fall in love with someone, you know, we fall in love with the idea of who we think someone is. And and as we get to know them better, you know, outside sort of this glow of excitement that we feel, then then the feeling starts to fade, right? I mean, I'm sure a lot of you can identify with that, right? So, so but what I mean by like a sudden and, and truly life-changing event is, is along the lines of winning the lottery, okay? Um, now, there's been some really cool studies out there that have, ta- have followed people who have won the lottery, and, and these studies have shown very consistently that people who win, you know, huge lottery prizes, like over $100,000, dollars like life-changing amounts of money you know they they return to the state of happiness they knew before winning that money you know even though other you know some of these studies have shown that that you know that not everybody blows through all the money that they have you know in fact that's actually kind of a mis uh, misinterpretation or a mis uh, impression that we have of lottery winners they don't all just blow their money really quick and, and go broke and then return to their level of happiness they actually a lot of these people keep a lot of money in the bank and they report a higher level of satisfaction you know without like the financial um, you know 
struggles, right? So they have comfort and they have satisfaction, but they do not have happiness, okay? Their actual day-to-day happiness has not changed. It returns to a baseline, you know, the same baseline they had before they won that lottery. Uh, It returns to that baseline within a couple of years, okay? And now it's not just positive changes that are susceptible to this return to the baseline, okay? Um, You know, studies have also shown that people who experience a negative life-changing event, you know, I'm talking about people like amputees, right? They also return to their default point of happiness within a couple of years. So, so whether you're going down or you're going up, you know, you are most likely to return to this sort of baseline happiness that you've had in your whole life, okay? Now, um, now I mention all this as it relates, relates to sustainability of the three types of happiness, okay? Um, however, before I get into that, I just want to say that, that um, you know, meditation is actually, and mindfulness is actually a way to increase your baseline of, uh, of happiness. And I've talked about that in other episodes, and I'm going to make a note here to, to talk about that again, because that's obviously something really important. Um, so, um, but again, I, I mentioned all this as it relates to sustainability, um, uh, you know, all of all these three types of happiness, okay? And, and because sustainability of happiness is, is like the, the key, right? Because if we can't sustain this happiness, then it's obviously fleeting, right? By definition. And so, and so, so the order in which, you know, these things are sustainable is actually maybe not quite what you think it is. Okay. So for instance, you know, pleasure, whether it's obvious to you or not, is the least sustainable, right? So, so, uh, you know, the new phone, right, becomes not so new, uh, pretty quickly, right? And, and ceases to provide us with this pleasure, right? Uh, you know, the same thing happens with a vacation. You know, I remember when I was in corporate work life, you know, by the third day back from a, from a vacation back to the office, you know, the pleasure of that vacation has faded from my memory for the most part, right? Until I, until I look at the picture, you know, of me on the beach or, or, you know, or something like that. And I remind myself of that happiness. I might feel, you know, little bursts of it come back, you know, here and there, but I do not have that sense of happiness that I had when I was away, you know, by, by a couple days back in the, in the office, right? Because it's very fleeting, you know, it's, it's pleasure. Once you kind of, you know, habituate to it, you get used to it, it, it's, it's then gone, right? Um, and so, and then, then again, that's why Meng Tan calls it the rock star happiness, right? Because rock stars just go on another vacation, just, you know, get that adventure back into them, you know, and they just keep injecting that into their lives. But most of us don't have that, that, um, that capability, right? So, um, so, you know, so the next one is happiness arising from the from the state of flow, right? Now, this is more sustainable than, than the one, than the happiness that we get from pleasure, but it is also susceptible to, to all of the, you know, the events and the curveballs that life throws at us, which are beyond our control, right? So, so like, you know, you know, we can't, you know, it's, it's easy to be in our flow state if we can really control our environment and we can, uh, you know, like again, you know, an athlete, a, a professional athlete is working, you know, eight to 10 hours a day, constantly, you know, achieving that state of flow, right? And, and so, but for us who have day jobs and, you know, and people in other departments and, and clients and, and customers and, and, you know, other, you know, whatever, 
you know, it's really hard to control, you know, what's going to happen to us from a day to day level, even minute to minute level at, at the office. And, and, and a lot of these things that do come up can throw us off of this state of flow. So therefore it's not, you know, it's not fully sustainable, right? However, Happiness arising from a higher purpose, okay, especially when that higher purpose is altruistic in nature, is fully sustainable and resilient to the point that it feeds itself, okay? You know, when, when, we're, when we're really aligned with our higher purpose, when we know exactly what it is that, that means, you know, something higher than ourselves, right? Like, like when, when we have that connection to what that is for us, right? Like what that, you know, that thing that is bigger than me, that every day I'm going to try to, you know, try to achieve that thing, right? Like whatever that is, when we can connect to ourselves with that and align ourselves with that, it becomes a source of happiness. It doesn't become a product of happiness, but it becomes a source of happiness, right? So unlike pleasure, where it's always an external thing, like a phone or falling in love or a vacation or what have you, you know, and, and the state of flow is, is only when, you know, or the happiness that comes from flow is only when we're in that state of flow, right? Which, which ebbs and pardon the pun ebbs and flows through uh that totally was not intended but but ebbs and flows throughout our lives right like like that is not you know we we cannot like you know that is not a self-feeding a self-sustaining thing right but the one type of happiness that we're talking about here that of a higher purpose becomes self-sustaining it becomes self-feeding and i hope that makes sense to you so um you know most of us you know have this backwards right most of us chase after you know the happiness that comes from pleasure right the the new gadgets the going out to dinner on dates or or getting a new car or or you know going on vacation and all these things that i've named right and and then and sometimes we get to sort of stumble onto the state of flow once in a while, right? And then, and then only rarely do we, uh, you know, naturally sort of occur, does it naturally sort of occur to us to, to sort of think about this higher purpose, right? Um, but, but to me, if you, if you think about like what these, you know, the sustainability level of these different things, it seems like that is kind of backwards, right? Like, like that order of things, the pleasure first, then the state of flow, then the higher purpose, that seems like it needs to be turned around, right? Um, you know, especially in the context of work, right? We can identify and we can focus on that which feeds our higher purpose, right? So, so like in your job, you know, if you're, if you're constantly focused on that higher purpose, right? There's a, there's a, a, a quality of the, of the way the, the human, the human brain and the human mind work. And that is that where our attention goes, our energy flows. Okay. So if you are constantly putting your attention on that thing, which is your higher purpose, then that is where your energy is going to go. Okay. And, and when we can do that, right. Um, this can make our daily work an actual source of happiness as opposed to an obstacle in the way of our happiness. Okay. So, um, so, you know, once we can do that, then this happiness that we find in our work will, will then increase our skill and our performance in work. Right. (laughs) And then we will, uh, you know, then we will find ourselves in this state of flow more often. Right. And then, 
you know, we will, you know, this will, will result in the, the pleasure of things like pay raises and bonuses and, the, and that warm, wonderful feeling that we get from, from recognition uh, by our, our clients or our coworkers or our supervisors or, or our daily customers, whatever it is, right? So, so you see how, you know, if we start with the, the idea of, of focusing on a higher purpose, if we give our, our attention to that and we give our energy to that, then that will provide us happiness on a direct sort of, you know, uh, one-to-one kind of level, like very immediately. And then that happiness can can sort of radiate into those other areas of our lives. And so if we, if we can sort of rejigger that, that order in which we approach our happiness, so instead of chasing the things that give us pleasure, instead we focus on the things that, that align ourselves with our higher purpose, then we're going to find more pleasurable moments uh, to be happier about. Okay, so I hope that makes sense to everybody. Um, you know, again, this is a subject that means a lot to me, and, uh, and it should mean a lot to you as well. And I hope that I'm inspiring you to, to maybe consider this a little bit uh, more than maybe you do now and to, and to really, you know, sort of, you know, harness this power uh, within your life. And, and again, it goes way beyond just the workplace, but, but because we spend so much time in the workplace and because, you know, basically most of our waking hours are spent doing whatever it is that we do for a living, when we can focus on, on something that makes us happy through that, then, then we start really winning the game, you know, talk about Wayne Gretzky, right? I mean, then, then we become all-stars in, in our happiness, uh, in our lives. All right. So I hope that makes sense to everybody. And, um, and at this point I would like to, uh, like to mention, as I always do, um, that if, if something in that I've said here today is, is not clear to you and something that you would like to, you know, maybe explore a little bit further, I want to give you a couple of ways to get in touch with me to do just that. Okay. Now, first of all, before I I do this and I say this every time I try to say it in a different way every day so it's not just like robotic um, eventually I'm just going to record this and just have it as like a, a footer on the on these recordings but this is all live and I like it that way um, and so I'm going to say that that this is absolutely not a you know when I tell you how to get in touch with me this is not an effort to kind of get you into a sales situation or or get you to buy my services or or you know or anything of that nature okay I promise you that is not what's going on here. All I'm trying to do is make sure that I complete this task, okay? I spend a lot of time uh, preparing these and recording these episodes of this podcast. I love doing it, okay? It is absolutely a labor of love, but it is labor, and it is something I put a lot of myself and my energy into. And so uh, the thing that I absolutely would just be miserable over is is to know that that I'm I'm getting to some people but some people are just not understanding it because something's not clear okay or or they're not able to connect what I'm saying to their specific situation their specific job their specific life their specific whatever okay and so for that reason and that reason only I do implore you that if you if you have any questions at all about this stuff you want clarity you want to discuss how you know 
know, you can't see how this is uh, fitting into your life and you would like to a little help in, in understanding that. Um, uh, or if you just want to tell me that you don't agree with something that I'm saying or, or, or that you do agree, but you want to add something or, or tell, you know, whatever it is you want to express to you, uh, to me, then, then that's why I want you to get in touch with me. Okay. And so there's two great ways to do that. Number one is straight up send an email. Okay. My email address is art at artburnscoaching.com. That's A-R-T at A-R-T-B-U-R-N-S-C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G.com. And, uh, and I answer every single email that comes through to that address, you know, rain or shine, I promise you. So, so you can send me an email there. Uh, alternatively, you can also uh, go to my website, artburnscoaching.com and uh, right there on the front page there's a little button that you can click that uh, says book a call uh, and and you just as soon as you book you hit that button uh, it opens up into my calendar you can see the the times that are available you can pick one that works for you and and just you know put your phone number in there and I will call you and we can get on the phone together and and have what I like to call a virtual cup of tea okay uh, you know when you when you meet somebody with a cup for a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or even a beer, you know, there, there's no expectations on either way, right? This is not something that you do to, to gain something. It's not something you do to, you know, to, to with expectations, right? It's just two people enjoying some time and, and a nice beverage together and seeing what flows, okay? And so that's what I offer to you as, you know, in booking a call with me. It is not a sales call. It is not, you know, anything like that. There is no expectation. There is no obligation and there is absolutely positively no cost involved all right so so i just i want to say that over and over and over again because i just i need to make sure that you understand that this is not um you know th- this is a, a purely altruistic um you know endeavor for me i i want to help you uh if you need it okay so uh so if you do please 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 go ahead and make that, uh, you know, book that call or send me that email. Okay. And, and, and it'd be nice to talk anyway, you know, it'd be nice to connect with some of the people who are listening to this and I would get a real kick out of that. All right. So, uh, so again, with that, I'm going to say, uh, have a great afternoon, a great evening, whatever time you're listening to this. Um, I hope everything in your life is, uh, is going well. And, uh, and most of all, I want you to know that wherever you are, whoever you are and whatever you're doing, I wish you well. All right, folks, have a great day, and I'll be back again tomorrow. So long, everybody. Bye-bye.